Learn which companies are using sound best by downloading Veritonic's 2019 audio logo index. Just visit thesonictruth.com. Welcome to the Sonic Truth Podcast. I'm Scott Simonelli, and what you're about to hear took place live at Advertising Week Europe in London. Today, I had the chance to sit down with Mike Newman, head of UK content partnerships at Audioboom, and Ollie Walters, head of UK sales at Audioboom. We talked a lot about podcasts and all the new and exciting things that are happening there, and the high level of engagement that advertisers can find from a podcast audience that they simply can't find anywhere else. Well, welcome to the Sonic Truth podcast uh, here at Advertising Week Europe in London. And welcome. So who do we have with us today? Can you guys introduce yourselves? Uh, hello, I'm Mike Newman, head of UK Content Partnerships at Audioboom. Okay. Uh, I'm Ollie Walters. I'm head of UK Sales at Audioboom. All right, well, Mike and Ollie, thanks for joining us today. Uh, maybe just for those of us who don't know, and, and maybe some of us who do, tell us a little bit about Audioboom. Uh, tell us what's different, what's unique, and what, what you're up to. So uh, Audioboom is a podcast network. Uh, we was established in 2013, um, and we, we've been developing out our content uh, and, and uh, building that network. Uh, my role really is uh, monetizing the podcast, so we're there to host and distribute that content, and, and my job and my team's job is to monetize that content through live reads, uh, sponsorship and partnerships, um, and, and, and that's what we, we do. We've got offices in uh, London, uh, in uh, the US, uh, and in India. Um, and uh, yeah, it's all about podcasts at the moment. It's been really, it's been really exciting. It's been good to be here at Adweek uh, and, and hearing all about you know, other podcast platforms. Right. Yeah, everybody wants a podcast right now. Right. Very much so. Uh, yeah, so to, to just um, follow on from Molly. So Audio Boom, in, in effect, we, we host, distribute, and monetize podcasts. That's our business model. Um, okay. And um, it all comes down to, uh, to Ollie and his team really at the, uh, the sharp end in terms of monetizing. Uh, and I bring on new partners uh, to our channel um, to, to host them on our servers. And then we distribute out to everywhere that people go to listen to their podcasts. Right. So from a advertising standpoint right so where why would somebody advertise on a podcast so like you know if i'm saying i like podcasts i've heard podcasts are a thing you know why would why would i do advertise on a podcast versus other maybe places in the audio world or just in the in the print or media tv world i you know it's uh, the share of voice is, is is one of the biggest reasons that our advertisers continue to come back to us uh, but obviously the biggest reason from an advertiser's standpoint is uh, the engagement levels that they're seeing through podcast advertising. And I think that is because it's not a cluttered environment and that share of voice is so high. Um, the other reasons, and there's many uh, that I could list out, uh, the other one is, is, is what the, the host of the podcast and those influencers of the podcast brings to the table in terms of delivering those live reads. Um, you know, we've got... A, a long process that we, you know, when it comes to advertising, we make sure that, you know, from a host perspective, they get to experience the products, they get to use them. You know, the, the, the worst, you know, you know, the last thing that we do is, is say, here's a script, you know, read this live read. Uh, because from a listener's point of view, you, you know, they see through that. So when the host is talking from experience and endorsing the product, um, it, it really does drive uh, great engagement levels, and, and, and our advertisers continue to come back. Great, and then from an audience standpoint, like what's the 
is it is it a diverse big audience? Because I think you still get people. We were saying earlier, you know, I thought someone at dinner last night, last night asked me, "What's a podcast?" Yeah. Right, and which is in, seems insane, right? So, like from an audience standpoint, are you seeing, you know, eighteen to fifty? Like, where's the spread? Where's that sweet spot for podcasts today? And and uh, that's likely to evolve, I imagine. It, it is, yes. Uh, at the moment, the uh, the biggest audience chunk sits in the twenty five forty four bracket, which is you know not surprising. Um, twenty five thirty four seems to be uh, driving that forwards. Um, it does stretch out into the kind of the plus fifty as well. Um, the latest research that I've seen from uh, Rajar in the UK, they do a, a quarterly MIDA survey, uh, suggests that uh, currently uh, around 12% of the, of the UK population have said that they listen to at least one podcast a week. Um, and I think we're seeing that growing. Um, I think what is challenging for new entrants to the market is that there's a, a, a huge amount of choice. Uh, so at last count, I think we saw there was over 600,000 podcasts currently available in the, uh, in the Apple Podcast Store. Uh, so getting through that and finding the, the, the right uh, podcast, the, the good podcast to listen to, you know, that's a, a consumer challenge for us as well to, to really help um, Ollie's team really to, to make sure that those advertisers are finding the right audience. But yeah, it's kind of the 25, uh, the 44. Um, it's male skewed at the moment, the, uh, um, the data would suggest, but that changes depending on the genre that you're listening to. Um, it, it, it's, it's not unlike many other medium in that the sport will heavily skew male, um, the, the health and well-being heavily skews female. There's, there's, there's lots of traditional paths in there for, for a new medium. Okay, so you see like topical, you know, if, it's a, if it's about sports, if it's about health, you're going to see some diversity in there depending on what the topic is. Uh, what's different about a podcast listener? I mean, obviously you talk about engagement is there more of a and, and host read ads, right? So you're, you're, there's more of a relationship going on here than maybe is normal um, in, in the marketing world, where you actually have a piece of content where the consumer has a relationship with that in a way that's very specific. Um, what's different about podcasts from a, from a longevity standpoint? Over time, do do people uh, are they engaged initially, and are they more likely to keep coming back? Is there a longer relationship maybe than a banner ad or a search ad? Uh, I would almost certainly say yes. Okay. Uh, so I think the relationship is, is the key word there. So the relationship between the audience and the podcaster. Uh, from anecdotal evidence, the, the return of clients that we're seeing because uh, those, uh, those audience members are engaging with the messaging. Um, the live show sellouts that, that many podcasts are now doing live shows and they are, they are delivering those to sellout audiences. There are so many indicators that suggest that that relationship is, is incredibly strong. Um, and I think, uh, for me, it's because it, 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 a lot of people will compare it and say, well, what, how, are, how are the podcast audience different than the radio audience, for example? And I'm, and I, I'm a, a ex-radio guy, and I love radio, uh, but it, and, and it enjoys an incredibly um, huge and diverse audience. But I think the, the difference with the podcast audience is that they are very much leaning into that. Uh, content and they have very much selected it in the way they might select a book or, or a TV show or a movie mm. they know exactly what they want they know the kind of topic they want and they're going to take time to listen to it and listen to it usually on their own so all of our studies suggest that podcast listening is done as a, as a solo activity um, so that engagement level then between the podcaster and the audience is incredibly high uh, whereas in radio obviously it's, it's a huge mass medium but a lot of people will listen to it passively. Um, and, and, and that still works, and there's plenty of 
very active, involved listeners of radio. So I'm not, I'm not suggesting that they don't enjoy that as well. Uh, but I think the, the majority of the podcast audience have that very intimate relationship right. with the podcast. That's a really interesting point. And I think something that people take for granted, especially at our ripe old age, maybe the three of us, but the expectation that it's on-demand content. And I think in some ways the word podcast can sometimes distract from the fact that this is audio content. Uh, but it's being consumed on demand. And the expectation, of, certainly of, of my children, and, and I think of, of maybe a, there's a generational gap here, but everything is consumed on demand. There's no, there's no such thing as this is on now. You know? And so that also gives you a different paradigm when you're looking at advertising and marketing, right? Somebody raised their hand and said, I, I select this. This isn't just on while I'm in the car. I chose this. So that gives you a different way to engage with a with a. With a kind of potential customer if you're an advertiser. And maybe that's perhaps why Direct Response has had such firm footing within podcasts. And what, what do you see? If, does the on-demand nature come up in your conversations? Or is it just kind of an, taken for, like, of course it's on-demand. Um, or does, do advertisers or people ask questions about this? Um, yeah, I mean, to, to be brutally honest, no, they don't. I just right. don't think they look at it in that level of detail. I think they've got a podcast or, you know, they've delivered a live read. It's been effective. They come back to us right. and they use it again. And, and, you know, going back to direct response advertisers, you know, that was incre- it's still incredibly key for us. It's a big market for us in the U.S. That's 90% of the business is direct response. When I started Audio Boom in, in late 2017, all of the advertisers were those, you know, you know this, they're big brands, but they're not big blue chip brands. There's, you know, direct response is, you know, it's very much performance driven. Their return on investment is crucial. And, and that played a really huge part. What we've seen over the last 12 to 18 months is bigger brands starting to come on board and, and, and using podcast advertising as a way, to, as, as brand awareness or to change perception. So, for example, you know, Bose sponsors uh, one of our podcasts, which is called Beyond the Grid. It's an official F1 podcast and Bose sponsor that. They get that title sponsorship. So it's then what, what can we do which is beyond just a live read? You know, could we have uh, Bose integrated into the artwork that sits on Apple? Could we, every time Tom Clarkson, the host, you know, has an interview with Lewis Hamilton, could we have him wearing the Bose headphones? And it's, it's those bigger partnerships that we're starting to have. Right. Because I, I just don't think, uh, you know, brands or, you know, marketing individuals appreciate, uh, or they're starting to appreciate the scale that podcasts uh, can offer. Right. Now, and that's, um, you know, direct response marketing is, it's, it's uh, common that it's, they're the early adopters to new mediums because they're just direct response marketers are very good at marketing and they were, they were the early adopters to the internet because uh, they came from the world of direct mail where it was very expensive to make mistakes in direct mail. Um, you know, the cost of postage and print and all these factors. And then the internet was kind of the wild west and it was cheap and easy to create content and direct marketers brought some of that rigor uh, online first and then of course now larger brands and others have come in and, and audio I think is, is potentially no different as we see with podcasts, you've direct response people coming in, they're very good at measuring ROI, they're very good at understanding it, and then bringer brands will come in, and, and with that uh, demand and that evolution, which is hopefully what we all want, um, and I think is happening, uh, becomes uh, a larger appetite for data. Um, and, and so, you know, Veritonic, as an example, you know, our company measures the effectiveness of audio creative. Um, and so, whether we work with a brand or an audio platform or whoever, we're trying to understand, is this a good or a bad experience from an audio standpoint? And audio is very specific and it's very different. Um, and the power of audio is something that I think we'll hear a lot about this week. It's amazing that we're having 
multiple conversations here and panels and, and uh, interviews like this that are about audio. Whereas, you know, last year, we weren't necessarily having those conversations. So we're seeing that evolution. Um, as you see bigger brands come in uh, to your world, um, is what's, what's different? Do they expect uh, different metrics? Do they, are there different expectations than a direct marketer? Or you know, how does that change versus... Um, I think you know one of the analogies we use in the U.S. is you've got like uh, you know me undies or Simply Safe or you know, all these kind of podcast uh, lifers uh, who've been at it for a long time or like uh, SeatGeek is one of them in the U.S. that's like sponsors a lot of podcasts versus Toyota or Coca-Cola or Pepsi or even Bose is more of a brand marketer. What's different about a brand marketer from a direct response marketer for the podcast? Well, you know, I think from Bose's perspective, uh, you know. Uh, it was a unique opportunity for them to uh, get involved with the F1 uh, and be amongst the F1 environment because at the moment they sponsor um, Mercedes, um, but that's quite limiting. So, you know, from an F1 fan perspective, you know, it, if, if someone else supports Ferrari, uh, they won't be interested in necessarily the sponsors of Mercedes. So this was an opportunity for Bose to reach out to those hardcore and casual fans. So, you know, and, and, and obviously they're... Uh, QC uh, 35.2s, the headphones is what they were promoting. And, and we could deliver that really naturally, you know, in a podcast environment. Um, and, you know, the benefits of those headphones uh, and the audio quality and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. And that works really well for them. But, you know, other big brands like The Economist, for example, it's one of our biggest advertisers. It's still very much a big brand, but their creative executions in live reads is still very much subscriptions, subscriptions, and pushing those subscriptions to The Economist. And, and they do that with a really, you know, a unique uh, call to action of, you know, use this code uh, or, you know, for example, one of our uh, podcasts is no such thing as a fish, uh, you know, so it will be text fish to this text number. Right. And that's how they measure the success of that. So, you know, the bigger brands are coming in, but there's still a direct response level. DHL, another big advertiser of ours, uh, also featured on Beyond the Grid. Uh, again, there was, a, there was a reason. It was a competition that they wanted to promote. So... It's not always about brand awareness. These bigger brands don't need to just focus on that. There's an opportunity as well to incorporate direct response and performance uh, marketing. Right. And so how many different podcasts? So you mentioned a couple there and kind of where there was some success with brands. How many different podcasts are running across Audioboom for those who are not familiar with the platform? Uh, so we have... So there are two strands to our business. So okay. one of the strands is a subscription model. So that is podcasters who want uh, access to our hosting service and our distribution service and then the analytics that comes with that. Uh, but they don't want to monetize or they're not quite big enough for us to monetize. So they pay for that service. A subscription model in a kind of Netflix style. So that's $9 a month. And, and so we have multiple thousands of, of users of, of that service. And then on the uh, ad side, so, so I guess that's the, uh, the, the hosting and distribution element of what we do. When you add in that third tier, the monetization element, uh, we have, uh, again, multiple thousands. So we have offices here in the UK, uh, uh, office in the States, in New York, uh, an office in India, and then third-party arrangements in, in other parts of, of the globe. Uh, and so we're able to work with those partners globally. Uh, and as I say, there's, there's multiple thousands of them. And then we have, within that, a top tier of, uh, of, uh, of podcast partners who are delivering large audiences that uh, Ollie can go out and, uh, and sell. Sell against that. And what are some of the big names that if we were to go go on my uh, podcast app of choice after this and, uh, and grab some podcasts that would be interesting, what are some of the big kind of podcasts that are... That, you, uh, that you're excited about? Uh, so, well, we've talked about No Such Thing as a Fish. Um, okay. We do the Totally Football Show, 
which is one of the biggest football shows in the UK. Um, and they also house the Totally Football League show, the Totally Scottish uh, football show. There's a pattern. Um, <laughs> the, the Itali- although the Italian one's called Galazzo. Um, and then they also, they've, they've just started the, the company behind that, breaking out. So they do a, a, a TV review show called Series Linked. Uh, we also look after, as Ollie said, uh, Formula One's official podcast, Beyond the Grid. Uh, we do Jonathan Ross, I Like Films, uh, Heston Blumenthal's Pod and Chips, um, the cycling podcast, one of the UK's uh, biggest cycling podcasts, um, and then also over into in our kind of global operation. So we look after uh, two huge true crime podcasts, uh, which are quite big in this space, if you haven't yeah. heard. Uh, Undisclosed and Case File are, are two huge podcasts that we look after. Uh, and then the list goes on, really. Uh, who have I missed? Who, who's going to be offended that I've forgotten them? <laughs> I mean, we, we, we'll be here all day if we yeah. had to list them all. But, right. you know, Case File is, 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 is huge, and that's why we drink. And there's, 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 honestly, there's so many. There's so much good content. And it's right. just, you know, even over a 12- and 18-month period, you've seen the quality that's coming through just improving. There's much more investment that's going into it. And, and we also have um, our own Audio Boom Originals network as well. So podcasts that are owned and operated by Audio Boom. Um, so the latest release on that would be our uh, Dead Man Talking true crime uh, podcast uh, that has uh, only recently come to a close with season one. Uh, but we saw that as, a, as an... Uh, so that was our fastest growing um, uh, original podcast and uh, did an incredible amount commercially uh, and uh, hit the number one spot in the UK in the Apple podcast chart. Just did brilliantly well. So uh, that's another strand to our business as well. So this is one of those things where I think some people say, well, there's a, when something's still in its early stages, which even with all that content, I think it's still in its early stages, um, that it can feel like a zero-sum game, right? Like, well... Why would I create another podcast? Everybody's got a podcast. Or why would I... This is, this is being done already. And obviously, the internet has proved that that's not true. So what, what, what would you say? Like, you know, is, there's obviously a lot of quality content out there. What is, what is a good example, I guess, you know, for quality content in the podcast space? Like, you know, is there some things that really stand out as... If, if I were to listen to one podcast and have an amazing experience, um, what does quality content sound like? Um, if you had to pick one just shining star in there, not to leave anybody out. But I think, like, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because when I try to say, like, oh, well, you should check out this podcast or you should do this, there's ones that I love, and then that might not be what somebody else loves. So I'm always curious to get an opinion on this is great, well-produced audio content at its finest. Is it that top tier maybe that you talk about? Or maybe somebody that no one's ever heard of, uh, but they make great content. You know, are there some, a couple maybe anecdotal examples you can say? Uh, so the, I guess from our own stable, I would suggest I, I, I worked very closely on um, Heston's Pod and Chips, the, uh, the, the Heston Blumenthal podcast. Okay. And that I would highly recommend because it was a, uh, the world's first multi-sensory podcast. Uh, so you, you ate and drank along with that podcast. And it was, it was fabulous. And, and you know, it, was, it was recorded out in Heston's Chateau in, in, in France. Um, but but the, the, I think the scope and the imagination around that and the use of audio in that space, was, for me, was really fascinating. I thought that was fabulously done. Um, and, and I could list all of right. our partners. That's good, though. I pulled one out of you. That's yeah, good. That's, yeah. and that's, that's, if it's eating and drinking involved, I'm, I'm yeah. in on that. <laughs> so just in, in closing it out, I, mean, I think like, uh, it's really fun to see the power of audio kind of come through. And I think to be audio first now for something is, is reality, right? And, and I think it's not uh, a second nature uh, kind of initiative the way it was on TV, which is in a, in a television or, or video world, 
um, you look at that 90% of the time and money is spent on the visual and maybe 5 to 10% on, on the audio, but it's certainly not 90% of the outcome, right? Emotion, uh, the voice, the music, the sound is, is nothing stronger at creating that emotion more quickly. And frankly, nothing's better at creating that emotion over time. There's no other medium where five seconds of time, like an audio logo or a sonic logo, can live for a lifetime. Right? Audio is ridiculously powerful, and it's exciting to have these conversations. It's exciting to see new ways where it's coming out. Um, and I think, you know, whether it's called a podcast or whether it's called anything else, I think it's a, it's a perfect marriage of an audience that's well-known, an audience that has re- an ongoing relationship, and a medium that's extremely powerful. So I think you're at a very exciting place, um, and we're excited to see where, where it goes from here. Um, so just kind of closing it out, is there any kind of uh, places where people can reach you or kind of contact Audio Boom, or are there people that, who are listening to this, like say, hey, if you're, if you're doing this, you should, you should call Ali or, or Mike here. Like, where's, where's your little kind of shameless plug at the end? We all should call your cell directly, call your mobile. Yeah. <laughs> call me. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, there's a... Uh, yeah, right at the you camera. Know, we, we contact one. You go on audioboom.com and, and our email address and details are up there. But, um, you know, but do call me. <laughs> um, that's it. No, thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. No, thank you. This is really exciting. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yep. You've been listening to a podcast production of AW360, the year-round content destination from Advertising Week. Visit AW360 at 360.advertisingweek.com and be sure to check out the other AW360 podcasts now available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Producers on this podcast are Richard Larson and Jack Hirschman with music provided by Audio Network. For more information on Advertising Week, the world's largest gathering of advertising, marketing, and technology leaders, now in five markets around the globe, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Mm-hmm.